0: Welcome to Ultimate Awesomeness Podcast. We're here on our fifteenth episode, so here's um, is me, Stephen, Laura, and my co-host Zach. Huh? We. Oh, <laughs> like what it was that? <laughs> yeah. So, getting ready to start the show right now, and.
1: Oh, I Let's do it.
0: Come straight into the news. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah.
0: The first news on the table is Ray Winstone is is cast for unspecified role for Black Widow. Bro, don't
1: know
0: (laughs) everybody. Me neither. (laughs) 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 And apparently, um, he's from a movie. He's been in films called The Departed Sexy Beast and he's done a he just finished a film adaptation for Cats yeah still no idea Um, no still no idea never seen any of those movies no oh man and this is unspecified role so that doesn't help (laughs)
1: it gives us literally no information about this movie
0: yeah (laughs) oh wow and I look is
1: Black Widow the next Marvel film to come out?
0: I guess so because I think it because they started um, filming it and they've been doing casting for it as well I think it is will be the next movie. Uh, well,
1: I guess I'll look forward to figure out who's Ray winston
0: Yeah. <laughs> Who he play as. Okay. I guess I'm curious. And I looked inside MV, never seen the movies he's been on, so I don't know him. I'm not sure, because I know Guardians of the Galaxy Vol. 3 won't be filmed. And so James Gunn is done with... With um, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: Guardian story won't be until like 2020.
0: Yeah, it got delayed because he's doing that movie. Yeah. Doing double, double dip in it. <laughs> in Marvel and DC. He's making them both great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, The next news is Doctor Strange's Final issue got pushed back a month, and I wanted to talk about this a little bit because um, I noticed this series got canceled. So they decided to have what is it, Doctor Strange number 20, as his final issue. It's coming out in October. Yeah. October 2nd now.
1: Is there any
0: issues in between now and then? There is no... There is issues. I've been reading the series. I really actually like it. I just haven't been... I have mixed feelings about the recent story arc. It's with Galactus and Dormammu. So... Yeah, it's been okay. It's just... It had a, It started out strong. I really did like the parts where... Doctor Strange was going in space to find um to find like magic again. Like he was using since there was no magic on Earth, he was traveling to other planets to get magic from where they where the other planets are, because every each planet has their own type of magic. It's something like that. So he was traveling the world trying to gather other planets' magic and use it for himself. Okay. Yeah, it's just that when he got back to Earth, the stories just started to get boring, and I could see why yeah. <laughs> it didn't do so well and only lasted 20 issues. And the description for the final issue isn't much. It says, an event so epic shakes Doctor Strange to the core and makes him completely reevaluate his life and his role. The event is so huge that this makes up the last issue of Doctor Strange. That is so vague. That doesn't tell you anything.
1: That feels like the, that feels like the description for every event that's ever happened ever.
0: Yes, <laughs> every final event. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess good on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was hoping Mark Wade would actually improve on the series, but I guess he didn't. Oh wow. Well. I at least like the new costume and the new female character that he did introduce in this series. But that's about it. Yeah. I just hope it actually finishes pretty strong. And see what's the new storyline after the Galactus storyline. Because I don't see what's, what's the new storyline that's after that one. Yeah. see. So, yeah. Um. So, the next news is. Red Sonja's new film has a new writer and director. Okay. And this time is transparent creator Jill Soloway, as signed to write and direct Millennium Films Red Sonja.
1: Okay. I don't know who Jill Soloway is, and I didn't know there was a Red Sonja movie happen, but good stuff.
0: <laughs> I really don't know anything about Red Sonja. I just know she exists. And I know she used to be part of Conan. That's about it. But then they separated two licenses. So.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, I know Dynamite owns Red Sonja. And Marvel owns Conan. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just, Marvel just started, I mean, took the license from for Conan recently. Before, it used to be Dynam, um, was it? I think it was Dark Horse. I'm not sure it was Dark. I think, I wasn't sure Conan had- was it Dark Horse or Dynamite that had it first, or whatever. It's either one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. I just know they, they gave it up to Marvel. So, they sit there. Jill Soloway's work is Amazon's Transparent. She's also a executive producer for Six Feet Under United States of Terra and How to Make It in America. Still doesn't help. Not even... She also filmed... (laughs) She also filmed Afternoon Delights. Doesn't help either. So yeah. I just hope that this person is actually better than than she's actually better than Brian Singer because I was when I heard that Brian Singer was a do this movie I was not looking forward to that. I really don't like him as a film writer or a director. I just never liked his work, never liked his X-Men movies, never liked the Superman Returns. The first He's
1: couple
0: of X-Men were good uh, Oh. Thinking, yeah. I have a different opinion that's all. Well, yeah, okay. You can it's okay. You can like those movies. Yeah, I mean they're very
1: 90s But I like I think they have a little bit of
0: a channel to. Yeah, just I just don't like the X-Men movies cuz they're like nowhere near like the comic books. No,
1: they're not. That's
0: fair. Yeah. To me, that's not that's not Marvel's X Men. That's just something else. Yeah, that's Brian <laughs> is Yeah. The only thing I could like, all I like was from Fox's Logan and Deadpool. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I'm
1: I'm probably I'm probably half in that boat
0: as well. <laughs> a lot of director movies are pretty awful. Yeah.
1: Thank God they're done.
0: <laughs> I know. You saw Dark Phoenix and you didn't like that one.
1: Yeah, it was it was rough, that was. <laughs> even my brother who likes every movie ever.
0: Oh, he didn't even like it. And that means it's bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Very bad. <laughs> this, this is a guy that likes suicide school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, I like Suicide Squad. What is that supposed to
1: mean? <laughs> I mean I, it's bad. <laughs> I
0: don't
1: like
0: it. What else did he like? I
1: don't know. He likes a lot of bad movies, uh, is, though.
0: Is Red Sonia a stripper? I don't even know. i never read Red Sonia.
1: I have not read her either, but in this picture, she's not wearing very many clothes.
0: <laughs> it says that the heroine's journey is repairing the divided feminine. The the wife and the other woman confronting each other. Mom stripper. I think I, I don't know because it said that she has been prominent in what they call a heroine's je- um, journey. And apparently it has to do with Red Sonia. I don't think so. I don't know. Forget it. Not even bothered talking about that. <laughs> Anyway, I'll move on to the next one. Um, the next one is was is it? There's a new Red Sonia, Brand Parallel ongoing. The story starts in 1969 and is supposedly timed perfectly with her 50th anniversary. She's still new to Earth and adapting to the world and. She you finds herself attracted to supernatural and paranormal mysteries, and she runs she runs into a, red, a character named Red Sonia, plucked out of time and clueless, and they go on an adventure together and f- fight a whole bunch of I guess it says only for space time sh- shenanigans before all of them. So I guess it's like a time travel story. I have no idea, mm. but. It seems pretty interesting. I don't know anything about Red Sony or Brand but yeah, I no, did. In... Oh god. Cool. anything about any of these
1: characters or writers or anything, but it sounds cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered that um, I did read a crossover from Dynamite that had Ash Williams from Evil Dead. It had um. Red Sonia had a parallel, and had a whole bunch of other characters that were in the Dynamite universe. It was a pretty okay crossover, and it was kind of the same thing that Red Sonia was displaced in time, that she disappears in present time where all these heroes and they just team up and fight the bad guy. So it was okay. I actually enjoyed it. I forgot what was the name of the crossover terrible with this i just know it was years ago yeah i think i'm not sure i'm gonna check it out but it looks interesting yeah. i'm just trying to see if i could look it up where what was the name of it but oh it's called a prophecy Uh. yeah i read that and it was pretty fun yes yeah, i actually enjoyed it yeah it had red Sonia vampira Herbal West, Ash Williams, Dracula, um, Panthea, Athena, and Dracula's daughter Eva. That's a lot of characters. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. It, was, it came out in 2012, so yeah, it's been a long time. Pretty much it, and they said the first who's writing this one is, and his was coming out September 2019, Yes, yeah, Jody Belair, and the art is by Drew Moss.
1: Okay.
0: I'm not really. I really, I'm really, familiar with Jordi Belair's coloring, but she is a good colorist, but I'm not really familiar with her writing. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I'll see what happens. And I don't know true Moss, but the art in the, in the Judging by those pictures there, they look pretty good. They don't look that bad. Yeah. So it looks pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. It
1: sounds pretty cool. I'm interested.
0: Okay, the next one... The next news I'm going to be talking about is Old Guard Movie Details. It's a, it's a movie called Old Guard, and it's based on a comic book. It's coming up to Netflix, and it's going to have... I get this one. Huh? You get this one? What do you mean you get it? <laughs> I, I get it. through. <laughs> oh, you could actually see it. That's what you mean. Watch <laughs> it. What, you thought it was like a DC Universe thing? <laughs>
1: uh. I'm just used
0: to not being able to watch anything. <laughs> See, Australia sucks, like you said.
1: It gets frustrating sometimes. <laughs> <when> you... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Poor Zach. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he's had got Chitwell Edge of four. I never know how to say his name, but it's a guy from Black Panther who plays Black. Yeah. You don't want to play Black Panther? Then is Harry Mellie. And Veronica Ngo has joined the cast of Old Guard. Their roles are not specified. Apparently, Char- Charlie Daron De- is also in the movie. And that's is based on the Image Comics title by Greg Rucka and Leonardo Fernandez. And she has never read this comic book. Apparently, it takes place in the 21st century. It says, all oh, soldiers never die and some of them will never, don't even ever fade away. Cursed for immortality, Andromache of Cynthia Skaita, and her comrades in arms ply their trade for those who can find and afford their services. But in the 21st century, being an immortal is a different, difficult secret to keep and you live long enough to learn that there are many fates worse than death. So I guess it has to do with immortal. I don't know in the 21st century someone cursed for immortality and they said the movie is written by uh, Gina Prince Bidewood so I don't know (laughs) there's not much to talk about with any of these people they're very unfamiliar the only person I I know is the actor who played Black Panther I do know the actress named Charlie Derong I think she was in Fast and Furious I'm not too sure but She was in Mad Max as well. Yeah. Yeah, she was in Mad Max. So I'm I'm familiar with her. Yeah. Yeah, I know. See. Yeah, so I guess the movie would be good if it has to have those two actors. So I guess I'll check it out when it comes on Netflix. Yeah, that's pretty much it for that one. Is and this is gonna be released late twenty nineteen. They don't have an actual date yet. Hopefully it'll come on twenty (laughs) nineteen. Not twenty (laughs) twenty. Yeah. All right, the next news is Batman is going is in the Hollywood of um Walk of Fame.
1: I'm surprised I didn't actually hear
0: of this. Oh. Really?
1: So <laughs> well, I didn't hear this until I just
0: I just find it weird that a fictional character is going to be is star yeah. is going to be on the Hollywood of what Fame. I yeah, I noticed a couple of characters do have one. I just forget that there's fictional characters on that place. I've been there. I've seen the Walk of Fame. Yeah, it's okay. It's just how how much names on the star on the the floor, the the street that you, I mean, like on the sidewalk that you walk on. And it's kind of hard to look at each name that's in there because there's like so many people.
1: Yeah, and a lot of them you probably
0: wouldn't even know. Yep, that's true. Because there's
1: a lot from like just like 16th West and
0: or no whatever. Yeah, and there's like a lot of old people's names in there. Yeah. And it's a tourist attraction, so it's kind of even worse. Yeah, it'd just be like
1: plotted with people all the time.
0: Yeah. Apparently, there was like it's, it says here in the in the news article I'm reading from Newsarama that uh. That Snoopy has been part of the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So, yeah. okay. So, yeah, there has been other fictional characters. That's the only one they listed. (laughs) It says numerous fictional characters, but the only one they listed was Snoopy. But, yeah. (laughs) I guess they decided to put Batman in the Walk of Fame because there's been so many Batman movies over the years, I think. Yeah. Or... Yeah, I'd
1: say probably of any...
0: Yeah, he has more than any character. Doing, yeah. Yeah, I think he has more movies. Maybe more like Spider-Man. Maybe. Well, Spider-Man only has the three Spider-Man movies and Two Amazing Spider-Man. What seven now? And then um, there's Spider-Verse, and then there's uh, Spider-Man, so there's, there's Spider-Man: Homecoming, Far From Home. I think that's it. I didn't count that, I just set them all <laughs> yeah, that's not,
1: that's, that's definitely
0: yeah that's definitely not more than Batman, I think oh. actually I think it is oh it is oh yeah, it is more than Batman because I know yeah. there's four Batman movies
1: yeah and and then the trilogy
0: the the Dark Knight trilogy, yeah, that's seven, yeah, so there's only one extra. <laughs>
1: Until we get Robert Pattinson
0: <laughs> we, He's behind He's lagging behind <laughs> Yeah he is sadly Unless you want to count Batman v Superman <laughs> He's on
1: 7.5 Give him half
0: <laughs> Yeah cause it's like a Superman movie as well Yeah I could say it's a Trinity movie Cause it has Wonder Woman so I don't know Whatever. <laughs> <coughs> See, I guess that's cool. The next news is DC is replacing all of their imprints with a new system. They're getting rid of Vertigo, Zoom, and Ink. Okay. And they're putting them to three new, three age labels. There's DC Kids, DC, and DC Black Label. So, DC Kids is going to be aimed for readers 8 to 12. It'll be incorporating the DC Zoom titles as well as other cartoon-based titles like Long-Running Looney Tunes. Yeah. I guess the DC Black Label will continue with mature material for readers 8 17 and older So I guess I think the vertical titles will go on DC's black label Yeah And he said that uh, There's still young animals Sandman universe Wonder comics, Wildstorm, Jinx World And Milestone will still continue But they will follow A different category I guess is this weird? Because the Sandman books were part of the Vertical, um, comic books. I mean, they were part of the Vertical imprint. So I don't know if they're just gonna change it to DC imprint or whatever. Yeah. And they said they haven't decided where the Vertical ties will go, but they're not gonna be, it's not gonna be called Vertical anymore. So they're abandoning these names. I don't. This is not the first time. They got rid of Vertigo because I remember when the New 52 started, there was no Vertigo titles. And they took a few years to to relaunch Vertigo. Yeah. So, I don't know if this is going to be the last of Vertigo. People were like, I know when this news was announced, people were getting depressed to see Vertigo go. Yeah. And it's like, uh, Vertigo's been gone before. They can bring it back some other time. It probably won't go away anytime soon, or maybe this is gonna be gone for good. Who knows? I'll see how this how this new imprints is gonna be organized. This doesn't get that much details. It just says they're not gonna have those three imprints anymore. So I'll see how this works out. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I just, cause I did read that they said that the Sandman books are not going away. Because I do enjoy them. And I was hoping that they don't go away. Yeah. Because when I read this news, I was like, oh my god, I hope they're not canceled. And then on Twitter, I read that they're not canceled. They're just changing the imprint. So they'll probably go to a different imprint. That's about it. The book's still going. And I kind of knew that Vertigo was going to end up going away because... um. They decided to make a whole bunch of those internet social justice warrior books. They were like very political centric books that I didn't enjoy. The only one I enjoyed was, was um American Carnage. And that's the one that had more issues than all the others. Uh. So everybody had gained attraction. <laughs> And I am gonna be talking about it in this podcast, this when we get to the books, Because yeah. I did pick as one of the books I'm planning to review, so you hear about it. So yeah, that's pretty that's pretty much for this news. so I'll go to the next one. <coughs> I don't know. Virg- I don't know why Vir- DC Vertical decided to do those social justice warrior books. Because that does not sell well. And it didn't. And it, make, it made the imprint fail completely. <laughs> oh, well. The next one is... Uh, Vert, Vertica? I don't know how to say this. Film is be, is getting release date. I guess it's being made. Okay. <laughs> it's based on a long-running comic book... called Verto, Vertica... It's going to be a horror anthology film written and directed by Dan Danzig, Yeah, Glenn Dan Zig. It's coming out October 31st. It's going to be a Halloween-themed VOD release by Cleopatra. I don't know what the hell is that supposed to mean, but whatever. The film cast includes Alice Hang, Ashley Wisdom, Katie Cross, Natalie Borowski, Rachel Ann Alain Scott Hopkins and Sean Keenan don't know these people either No. <laughs> so yeah I don't know what to say about this movie I never even heard of the comic book but no. so yeah
1: maybe. <laughs> I'll probably watch the movie <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll
0: help get into the book <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Is this is a heart anthology? So this is gonna be a whole bunch of short movies. Yeah, okay. I guess that's how it's gonna be. I don't know. Right. I guess to we'll see what happens when it comes out. Yeah. The next news is the Mueller report is coming with a comic book. I don't know why because it's just something that probably not comic fans would actually care about. (laughs) 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 Because it has to do with something political. And I really don't follow what the Mueller... I didn't follow what the Mueller report was. But I did hear some of it, but I didn't really care so much about it. I just... Found this odd that they're making a comic book at, out of it, and it's just
1: yeah.
0: I think apparently people just think that anything with Donald Trump sells, I <laughs> and it's like, oh, let's make comic books out of it. This would be a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, and it's coming from IDW. This will be written by Steve Doohan.
1: Right. Yeah. Don't know who he is, but...
0: It says, Fighting the spin, spewing forth forth from both parties and political pullets. And check out this graphic novel that brings 400 pages of legal documents down to size. Wheeler and Doohan in graphic form bring light scenes, details, and reports from the infamous Trump Tower meetings of 2016 to Trump's exclaiming, I'm fucked upon finding out he was the subject of investigation. It's a report in a graphic novel. Okay. I guess that describes it. (laughs) And that doesn't help with me. I still have no idea what it's about, but okay. And I think it's supposed to be a comedy. I don't know. It looks...
1: Yeah, it doesn't look to be taken that serious.
0: Yeah, I think it's supposed to be a comedy because... You see Donald Trump in his underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see the guy with the magnifying glass and Donald Trump is in his underwear and the magnifying glass. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it looks funny. That's all I can say. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't, I don't really know if anyone was
0: asking for a Donald Trump coming for it, but... <laughs> wow. I know in comicsology there is tons and tons of Donald Trump books in there. Yeah, it apparently has a, I don't know, uh, it has a following. Huh? I don't buy them. I don't know. (laughs) I just see some ridiculous Donald Trump books in there. Like, there's not just, it's not just one, it's like more than one. It was straight up bananas. I'm surprised that he even has so many books. It's like there's one is like he's like a Hulk looking character and he's like orange, so he turns to like orange Hulk. I even typed Donald Trump <laughs> comic books and he has seems to have some. And there's even like a book called Trump Titans, which he's like a superhero with a bunch of other people. I don't know. It's just so weird. Oh, God. This is fucking weird. Anyway. i us <laughs> <laughs> see. I don't know if I would check that out, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, the last news for, for today is Scooby-Doo Guess Who cartoon trailer and details. Yeah, it already premiered. It came out... June 27, 2019. I had to check it out. Okay. It, came, it came on the Boring streaming service. So I might have to. I, I'm going to check if it's in the Vern service. I know Vern had. I do have Vern. And I, I know. They had something Boring on. So I'm not sure if it's in there. I'll check. From myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. It, was, it came on June 27th. Um, New episodes roll out weekly. Season finale will air on Thursday, September 19. It's a Scooby-Doo cartoon that features a bunch of guest characters. You have like Chris Paul, Sia, Wanda Sykes. Ricky Garvis, Wonder Woman. Weird Al Yankovic, Kenan Thompson. Steve Urkel, Penn & Teller, Batman. (coughs) Jim Garfin, Abraham Lincoln, Sherlock Holmes. So, yeah, it's gonna have a bunch of different characters for each episode. And I, I think this is pretty interesting because it reminds me of Scooby Doo Team of the comic book. And I know that I said that it got canceled last week. And I was kind of disappointed about that. So, this will fill me up. My. My empty void of not reading Scooby Doo team up anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so yeah. I saw the trailer. It was pretty interesting. It was looked pretty funny. And I really do wanna see uh Wonder Woman and I do wanna see uh Wanda Sykes and Steve Urkel. So I'm looking forward to that and me and my boyfriend was hoping that maybe one day they'll do a crossover with Myths and Mysteries, even though that's adults. So I don't know how that would work out.
1: <laughs>
0: Cause I actually like that cartoon. It's pretty funny. it's an adult swim. Is there anything you find anything about interesting about this?
1: I didn't really know it was happening, so I'd be interested to see if I can even watch it. <laughs> <laughs> If I can, I'd be down. I'm bloody Scooby-Doo
0: was my childhood, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's obviously my childhood too. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get enough, man. I love it. Yeah, I really want to see Weird Al Yankovic in there too. Yeah. See is. how how funny that would be.
1: Chris Paul. Oh. There's some funny stuff in
0: there. I don't know who's Chris Paul. <laughs> he's, he's a basketball. <laughs> oh. He's just,
1: Random.
0: Like, I How do you know that person? <laughs>
1: Come on, man. I like basketball's alright.
0: Yeah, but that's American basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised man. you know him.
1: <laughs> it reminds me of some of the old cartoons. Like I remember I used to watch one on like VHS where was a Batman and Robin crossover and stuff.
0: Yeah, they used to they done this before. They used to have a crossovers. Yeah. So they're doing it again. This is nothing new. So yeah. But it's exciting to read like to start doing this again. At least I think yeah. so.
1: Cool. John DiMaggio is there. Is Abraham
0: Lincoln? Yeah, that's the voice actor. Yeah, I know that voice actor. He's pretty good. I just can't wait to see Batman with camera. Boys by Kevin Conroy. That's gonna yeah. be fun. I'm
1: surprised they managed to get Kevin Conroy
0: to do it. Yeah. That's really cool. It is really cool. There's some people I don't even know though. Like Jim Goff again, I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> or Penn and Tyler, I mean Teller. Oh, nope. No? they're like they're like some magician dudes or something. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They've got, they've got like,
1: a show where it's, like, people trying to see if they can do a magic trick without them figuring it out. They're, yeah, they're not that
0: exciting. Oh. <laughs> they're just too
1: old dudes,
0: really. I don't know how what...
1: Everyone who loves Penn and Teller.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do know Kenan Thompson is the guy from all that, and... I don't know who that is. From the... He's in Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live as well. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a. He's one of those Nickelodeon kids from. Uh, Yeah, yeah, from the 90s. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, the 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 good burger kind of thing, whatever. Yeah. I don't know who Saya is. No, don't know that is. She's like. She's the singer with. Yeah, I heard she was a singer, but I don't follow that too much. (laughs) Nah, I <laughs> only oh, listen to rock music so yeah. Whatever she's singing Is way out of my perfume <laughs> So yeah Oh she's Australian Oh she's Australian Apparently You should know her then You should know her more than Chris oh, Paul Oh no <laughs> I'm <gonna
1: describe. laughs> Just
0: kidding
1: He's from Adelaide though Adelaide sucks <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm surprised you even know who Chris Paul is. <laughs> so, wait, watch basketball. Yeah, I
1: watch a little bit.
0: Oh, no, Australian watch American basketball.
1: <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Well, I don't
0: like the Australian basketball. It's kind of <laughs>
1: Do
0: they have basketball over there? Yeah, we got basketball. Oh, Okay. I didn't know. Oh, massive though. Wait, is it not good though? I don't know.
1: It's
0: not as good
1: as the NBA. Oh. Even like college basketball,
0: but it's okay. Okay. We're doing it. Alright, so... Now I'm going to be talking about Jessica Jones Season 3. Okay. Yep, we're finally here. I have mixed feelings about this season. It was good all up until the last episode right the last episode ruined it for me and my boyfriend and I liked the last episode too we were both like what the fuck did he just do with the last episode I even checked on reddit it and no one liked it the last episode so <clears throat> cause the thing is they decided not to give the characters any closure Yeah. so <laughs> so they made the characters go back and forth for nothing it was, so
1: is this your least favorite season?
0: I guess so. Because I did like season 2. I mean, yeah, I did like season 1 and 2. And season 3, I do like it, but it's just, it has, it's very flawed. Yeah. And I did like the villain. I did like Salinger, yeah. He was a great villain. I just don't, didn't like how, I, I did like Trish, how she was, Right in the beginning of the season, this season, but then in the end, I did not like what they did to her. Yeah, because it started getting worse. Because <laughs> she started going after um Hargoff, the, the lawyer. Um, she's going. She was having a relationship with um Kitch, some ex of hers, and apparently uh. Trish ends up grabbing the, yeah, she ends up grabbing her girlfriend and to, to for um Horgath to, because uh, the thing is, Hargraf had worked with Salinger. She was defending him as his lawyer and Trish didn't agree with that because he's a murderer. It's, she's, apparently Hargraf has ruined a lot of people's lives and Trish thought that she needs to be a savior and stop all the bad guys. So she went to go grab her girlfriend and and like held her hostage and Harga said that to let her go. I will I would I'll do I'll do anything just to like let her go and then Jessica Jones comes and she stops her from from doing anything. And I remember they End up taking Trish to prison. At the end. So yeah. It just gets real complicated at the end. Because Jessica Jones. Wants to leave. And she's on her way to leave New York. And then when she goes to the. The train. She decides to go back. To New York. She doesn't leave. And then I was like that was pointless. Why did you even have that scene. Where she walks all the way over. To the train station just to walk back. That was pointless. (laughs) Like she gives the keys to Malcolm. For for him to take over. And all of a sudden. At the end. She changes her mind. He's here walking back. Away from the train station.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just so weird. Yeah that's why I did not like that. That last episode. And. I was liking Trish. Because. I do like her ideals that, you know, she felt like she was punisher for me. Yeah. Like, she wants to go after the bad guys. She did She she did kill Salinger, and I was happy about that. I was like, hell fucking yeah, kill that fucker. He's a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> fucking security, serial killer killed, like, fucking so many people. And Jessica Jones is like, no, do not kill him. Uh, it's like, shut up, Jessica. You kill, kill yeah. graves. So what makes a freaking difference this time?
1: Yeah, she's she spends a lot of time in that show. Yeah. Questioning her morality and stuff.
0: Yeah, and it goes back and forth for oh forever. It a,
1: yeah, it's like a, that's a cool arc for maybe one season, but you've done it for three now. Come
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> and. Oh, my God. There was some gruesome things in this season. And I was not really expecting Dorothy. I already spoiled everything for you, Zach.
1: (laughs) It's all good.
0: (laughs) What is it? Yeah, Trish's mom ends up getting killed by Salinger. That's why Trish was going after him and wanted revenge to kill him. To kill him because he kills her mother and... Jessica was trying to stop her. Going on her revenge path. Because it's changing her. As a person. And I, I understood. I understood some parts. Of why Jessica. Wanted to stop Trish. Because apparently. Jessica feels that. Killing someone. Is never fun. Because she killed Kill Grape. And she still to this day. Doesn't. Isn't happy that she did that. She feels. I guess regret or. Hates herself for it. And she doesn't want Trish to go through the same thing. So I guess I understand that. And I guess she views. Jessica as like her. I mean hers. It is her adoptive sister. So I guess she doesn't want. It's like some family. Protecting kind of thing. Is that I feel like Jessica's being a little bit overprotective because the guy's a murderer and she ends up putting Trish in prison. I just didn't like that. I didn't think that she needs to put Trish in prison because she actually killed someone who's worth to be killed. <laughs> but I guess the law is a law and she did commit a crime. Yeah. So I guess she has to pay for it Whatever But this season was really crazy I was really hating on a horror graph But that is her character You're supposed to hate her So she was doing the her job well <laughs> But yeah I was really hating that character Because uh, She goes to fans of serial killer Without even caring She just wants her business to go all the way up, she wants to have money, and that's all she cared about. And it's just she wants her girlfriend back, and she didn't give a shit that she she uh drive the boyfriend away, and he ends up committing suicide. Shit. <laughs> yeah, the girl that she was going out with had a boyfriend. I mean, she had a he had a husband. I mean, yeah, she had a husband. Um say he has a no it's she yeah she had a husband and the husband was um was using cause they made a foundation because their their child got killed and he ends up using that money for something else and that apparently ruins the relationship and she ends up going with hargraf and she finds out that Hargath lied about her disease cause Hargraf has ALS and she doesn't tell her until like the last two episodes, and that causes a little bit of drama. It's just, I don't know. Another thing that bothered me is that this character doesn't even die at the end, so it's like you set up this whole drama of her dying of a disease and you don't even kill her off at the end. So it's like, okay, she's still alive. So what was the point of giving her dying disease that is going to kill her off, but you don't even do it? It's just like, where's the closure? It's like, all the characters started, they started back to the status quo. They they, they started right back where they were in in the beginning of Season 3. It just felt like this season was pointless. The only characters that had closure was maybe Trish and Malcolm because Malcolm is he's no longer um, working with Holograph. he was in the beginning he was working with her and then towards the end he quits the job because he doesn't like that she was defending a, a serial killer he was like she was being a lawyer of a serial killer and he didn't agree with that so he quit the job and he ended up cheating on his girlfriend he ends up having the, the new person that she, she, he cheated on his girlfriend with as his new girlfriend living on the house with him. And he he decides to take over Jessica Jones' um, P.I. investigation. I mean, yeah, his, the P.I. organization, private investigator place. He ends up taking over, so... Well, he's not going to take over because Jessica ends up walking back and it just ends there. Her walking back. Yeah. Another interesting thing, I did like Salinger. He was a great character, even though there was times where he, he felt very defenseless and that got coming kind of annoying, but I dealt with it because he was a serial killer, but it looked like he wasn't that much of a dangerous serial killer. Like, he was a really bad serial killer. Like, he killed, like, 10 or 20 people but every time when it comes to f- I mean fighting Jessica Jessica would just like throw him across the room and that would be like amateurish for her computer her- <laughs> like she- he had no skill to go up against her like the only skill that he had was manipulating her but that's about it when it came to action he could never defend himself against her okay and the thing is that he would get a um he'll get away with it because Jessica doesn't kill him. She just she just lets him get away. It just that part just got me annoyed. It's like just fucking kill him. You kill kill grave. Just kill this guy too then. And I did like the character Mindwave. He was pretty interesting. There's a character that was like a love interest for Jessica Jones and okay. I didn't know this character. I had a look in the Wikipedia. And he's apparently a low-level te- telepath. Yeah. And it seemed like in the TV show, he had the same thing. So he only was able to, uh, I guess, see what the characters like feel underneath. Like, is it their guilt? Or if they have any empathy? And I guess he see that Salinger lacked empathy and... He never really care for what he does he's very dangerous Oh man, it was crazy when uh, Salinger ends up, when Jessica ends up finding out that this, um, it's this close family that Salinger knew, and when Jessica Jones goes over there and speaks to the family, they end up finding out that Salinger end up killing their son and hiding it. That was crazy. He end up, they end, he end up hiding it under like some, I think it's like some, I'm not sure, it's a water fountain thing. It's just funny how. Jessica picks it up and his body is right there. And it's just, wow. That's just crazy. And the thing is, the parents thought that he went out on vacation and just never came back. And never contacted them ever again. When in reality, he was dead the whole time. Yeah. And it's like, damn that's fucking depressing. (laughs) So, yeah. There is a lot of things I did like this season. It wasn't totally bad. It was just the last episode that was bad. So, I enjoyed it. I would give it a... A seven point eight, cause I was gonna give it a eight but the last episode ruined it, so I'm just gonna take away two points. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause Jessica started from square one. She's already working for the PI. Didn't move her anywhere. And Horrograph is not dead. She's still alive. Still has ALS. Yeah. And she's no longer with the girl. She that she was trying to get with. Yeah, they broke up. it's just like she's back to square one because she was by herself i mean she still has her company but she got a girlfriend midway the season so they broke up now she has nothing she has no girlfriend and it's just back to square one it was like so annoying (laughs) so her and jessica had no had no progression Hmm. yeah that's a
1: little bit boring
0: and the thing is, I find do find kind of interesting is that just at the end, that um Kilgrave ends up like she she has like since so she has PTSD, what motivates her to go back to New York is to, um Kilgrave telling her that she shouldn't give up. This is not this is not who she. Cause the thing is, Jessica Jones got represented as a hero and because she was able to put Trish in jail and she got viewed as as, as a hero and the kill Grace said that that's not who she is, which I agree she doesn't that's one thing I did not like all this season is just that um Jessica Jones ends up i mean i don't I don't mind that she bes a hero, but what bothers me is that she she likes she liked the spotlight and that's doesn't fit with Jessica's character she doesn't like people's bullshit so it's like why would she want to be in the hero spotlight Yeah. so it just felt kind of weird because to me i just felt like jessica jones will always will be a hero but she wouldn't be like a famous hero where everybody celebrates her herself me her being a hero i don't think she would be okay with that i never seen jessica like that not even not in the comic books i don't know why they even Went to this um, direction in the this TV show. I enjoyed it for what it was. It was pretty fun, exciting. So yeah, I actually enjoyed it. Trying to see if there's anything else to talk about. I did like there was one scene with um, Trish when she wears the um she wears the old costume. Uh, she actually wears a comic book accurate Hellcat costume. That's cool. <laughs> and the look, she was like trying different costumes. And she looks in the mirror and she wears the Hellcat costume. And she says, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> so she doesn't wear it. She wears something else. But this is so funny because like, yes, it looks horrible. Thank you. Do not wear that shit. <laughs> I don't care how comic accurate it is. <laughs> Cause people swear that these fucking classic costumes look so great on TV or yeah. on movies. It's like no, it won't. <laughs> Stop dreaming. But it was a funny Easter egg at least for me. I like that. Yeah. And I do like. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I do like that. I like how Cat's powers. It's pretty interesting. She has like cat-like powers, and I wish she had those powers in the comic books. I did look. I did read up on about that. Cause, um, I found out that, um, Hellcat used to have, like, the, and when she started first appearing, like, a couple of times, they made that her suit gives her powers. Like, she had night vision, and it gave her, like, cat-like reflexes, and, yeah. like, it was a suit. It wasn't her getting the, um, having the powers, it was the suit that gave her powers. Yes. So, this was, to, it was Tuned up a bit in the TV series, and the thing is they retcon that in the comic books, so now she has no powers. And yeah. to me, she's just a plain old Catwoman character, so that's like boring. I think they should give her back her cat powers. I think it'll make her different than Catwoman or Black Cat, because because yeah. now she's just a plain old superhero who's fighting a cat costume with no powers. Her having powers actually makes her unique. I think.
1: Yeah.
0: I hmm And um I know with Salinger, he was he was not the same because he's usually full fool killer. And his name was the third full killer. And that, the third full killer was a good guy. He wasn't a villain. He was more like, he was a psychiatrist, but he was trying to see if villains want to do actual good after they get out of jail. And if they're not actually doing any good, he'll actually kill them. Run. So yeah, he was like, he was like using psychotherapy for the villains to see if they actually turns a good person but if he saw no good in them he would actually kill them it was a it was like a he had like a five issue miniseries he was i actually enjoyed it but it only lasted five issues because he was not that much of a popular character and he he only he appeared in merc for money which is like a deadpool series with Deadpool has like a bunch of a team of mercenaries where he pays them and they do jobs for him whatever and he's a pretty interesting character and then they have, cause I found out there's more than like one full killer. It's like four of them, and it seems like they use the first like maybe two full killers, cause they were actual villains. They were actually kill people. They're like serial killers, and they was like psychoanalyze um, people and then kill them afterwards after they just just psychoanalyze. So I noticed they were based. I mean that character Salinger was based off of the first full killer is not the current one i thought i had mixed feelings about that but i got over it and this is like okay is this i'll just pretend this is the first full killer not not the third one yeah because then i i noticed that they they switched the names up a bit like he's has a personality of the first full killer but he has a name of the good one so it's just like kind of weird that he set it up that way i just didn't get that but whatever i don't know what else talk about from this show but I enjoyed it and I'm kind of sad that there's not going to be any more Jessica Jones or any Marvel Netflix series. Yeah. There
1: was
0: some good stuff in there. Yeah. And um I'm hoping that If Jessica Jones ever does come back. Like if it comes back on Hulu. To not have the same writer for this. I honestly think they should just change the writer for Jessica Jones. Because I don't think she. she, Because this season was a mess. And to have the characters. have no closure. And have Mm. Trish. Because the thing is. I want to see Trish to be an actual hero. And to me. It felt like the characters were going back and forth. Multiple times. And it's just. I don't think the writer has. She probably ran out of ideas. I know it's a female writer, but I forgot her name. But um, yeah. I have. I don't think she has a a clear centric i like a good idea to write a fourth season. I I don't really trust her as a writer again. I just. Yeah. I don't like... I think I'd rather have someone else as a new writer for the season. And... Because I wish Trish was better handled. Because the thing is, she's a hero in the comic books. And she... She doesn't even have those ideals. But I don't mind those ideals. It's just that they've written her off like, like... like she's the bad guy and i just didn't like that jessica kept telling her she's the bad guy and she finally admits she she's the bad guy in the end and i don't like how this show tries to manipulate that the main character of the show is always right that the main character is never wrong and i hate when shows are written like that and it's just whatever it's just like it has a bias on the main character because it's her show so her opinion matters more than anybody else and they don't It's like it's kind of weird because it's like I want them to look at the gray point of view Not in the black and white point of view And it seemed very black and white to me When it came to like Jessica Because she was always right for every little thing It's just like whatever I think that's pretty much it I don't know what else to talk about so Yeah I did not go, I did not like the back and forth with Jessica and, and Trish It was getting me annoyed and it kind of makes sense with the Hellcat. Like, Hellcat going on, like, a revenge path. So, the Hellcat name actually makes sense, you know. I know because in the comic book, she did have hell powers from Damien. But then they got rid of those. And now she has regular powers. No, she has no, she has no powers. Not regular. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. So, now I'm going to move on from Jessica Jones Season 3. Okay. And move on. now we we'll now. talk about the comic books. Let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> the book I'm going to talk about right now is Age of X-Men Next Gen number 5. It's the final issue of the this series, the miniseries, and I actually enjoyed this one. I would give it an 8.0. It was about the younger X-Men, the younger generation of X-Men. Like, yeah, they had, like, armor, um, glob and and anano i don't know how to say his name but yeah glob herman anano armor and rock slide they were um because the thing is they the extremists found out that they are taking drugs to reveal what the real world is like and telling everyone that this is a fake world so the extremists found out they were doing something illegal they were on the run and sadly the extremists end up do catching in them and the sad thing is that uh they end up going to jail and everyone forgets who they are and the thing is they don't even they don't even remember each other and the only person who does remember everything is glob like for some reason Psylocke cannot um erase his mind because i guess so the wax because he's like a pink wax monster like thing and i think the pink wax has a protective um shield from telepathy, so no one can actually read his mind so he knows what's what's going on more than anyone else and what's kind of sad is that he he feels bad that he put them he put his friends to this situation about being on the run and um trying to make everyone find out that this world is not real and they need to get back home and This is a fake role by um, X-Man. He ends up, since he got them in so much trouble, at the end of the book when he's in the prison, and he knows that everyone forgot who he was... He said they've got to keep it like that because he doesn't want them to get hurt again. He 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 saw that how much they were hurt before and he doesn't want to do the process all over again. So he have had to just deal with him him being the only one that knows everything that's going on while everyone else has forgotten about it. And it's like, wow, that's pretty dark for him to feel that way. Yeah, so I, felt, I kind of felt real bad for Glob Herman, this book. I actually enjoyed this book a lot. It was pretty interesting. Ed Bryson really knows how to write these characters well. And I'm glad that he put these characters in the spotlight. Because these characters rarely get any attention in comic books. Yeah. And yeah, because the young generation always gets like cameo appearances. And they always have books that focus on only the original X-Men characters. And like... I mean, the ones that everyone else knows, Dan. like the, the Jean, Grey, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Wolverine, Storm, Gambit, Rogue, Psylocke. It could go on. But it's the X-Men that like were in the cartoons or were in the blue and gold team. And it's always those those prominent the prominent x-men that always get the spotlight and the attention and the the newer generations never do and it always disappoints me that they better they barely get any recognition and for me i feel like they need to have some time to shine and that book actually gave them that so that's why i always enjoyed it it was a really fun book and i'm Want to know? I'm hoping to see what happens in Age of X-Men um, Omega because it's gonna transfer to that book to tell what happens in after all these books. Cause yeah, I'm not sure of Prisoner X because I haven't read the last issue of Prisoner X, so I don't know if these new these young generation X-Men characters are gonna um appear in the last issue of Prisoner X or are they gonna appear in that omega issue of x age of x-men which concludes everything so i'm looking forward to reading that um the next one is another age of x-men the amazing nightcrawler number five which is also the final issue of this mini series and i actually enjoyed this one i give it 8.0 as well it's mostly about nightcrawler he had found his daughter He's on the run as well it's funny it's just like the other one he's with his wife that he made a daughter with and um yeah, it's with Ma- Megan what do you' her name is yeah Ma- It's is Megan actually but Meg Ma- I don't know it's probably Megan or oh Megan I don't know but anyways she they were on the run the three of them they were on the run from a whole bunch of mutants and their leaders were um Mindy choco and Phoebe Choco is like the and Celestia Choco is like um the Choco sisters, Emma Frost's um daughters, which they're just um clones of her ovaries, but whatever they're they're adults now, but um, young adults, but yeah, they were going after Nightcrawler and his wife and daughter, and Nightcrawler ends up coming up with a deal with one of the Stepford chuckles and he asks that um one of them to uh why don't you erase my memory and let my daughter and my wife go and they decided to let let yeah they end up erasing i call his memory and he goes back with the x-men and he has them going back with the the x-men from this universe and act like nothing happened so he doesn't remember his daughter or his wife and his daughter and his wife are in the run they're like still hiding and living together so this one's also pretty dark it had a sad ending and i'm looking forward to see what happens with this omega like how would it conclude all these chapters because they still feel like they're not finished. They still feel like they're not really actually concluded. So yeah, let's see how this goes. Um, but it was pretty interesting. I did like the discussions with um the Stefford Chocos and Nightcrawler coming up with the deal, cause they were he was trying to convince them to really give him a give them to a chance and erase his memory. Yeah. So it's it was pretty emotional to to actually read it. So I had fun. So the next one is Marvel Spider-Man: City at War number four, which is another issue that is Spider-Man video game. And this, uh, okay. yeah, <laughs> and this one is mostly based is mostly focusing on dr octopus so yeah she gets to learn a little bit more about him in this book like it focuses on him and you get to see his dialogue talking about himself and the thing is you find out the reason why he created the the dr octopus arms is because um he is losing his motor functions, and like he's very, he's like really old, and he's losing the ability to move his body. So he needs something that can help move his body with his with his mind. Like I he's I think he's using the arms to help him move um better, much better. Okay. So he doesn't have to use his own his own body. He just uses the arms to pick up things. The thing is, what he find what we find out is that the technology corrupts his mind and he becomes a villain. So it's like he was a good man, but later on, his jealousy of Norman Osborne increases. Um, the machine that yeah the machine that is in his head. Cause the thing is, the thing is connected to his head, but so yeah, it kind of corrupts his mind, and his jealousy of um, Norman Osborne pushes that forward, and he starts becoming like villain-like. But they don't show anything that happens with him like after he becomes villain-like. It's just uh, you see the evolution of that in this book, and it's pretty interesting. You get to see why he's he Norman Osborne because Norman Osborne stole his tech and used it for his company. And he gets tons of money for it. And it's just. It really pisses off Dr. Octopus, which is pretty interesting. I, I understand that perspective. I mean, I'll probably be pissed off at someone who actually used my tech and got money from it. <laughs> And there was also a moment because the last issue he had Mr. Negative with Mary Jane and a whole bunch of civilians in a in the Grand Central train station in New York, and they had the bomb there and what's pretty interesting is that Peter Parker he ends up teaching um Mary Jane how to defuse a bomb and I always I thought that was interesting. And I like that. I like to see that they're interacting. And it's pretty fun to see Mary Jane and Peter Parker actually helping each other and working things out and how to defeat, you know, the villain and defuse the bomb. Because what I don't get out of the main Spider Man book is that. Mary Jane is always at home waiting for Parker to go come home after fighting a villain and it's just, just to me that's very distant. At least here they're actually working together. And I actually enjoy that. If they're gonna be together, they should be working together <laughs> in some shape or form. And the funny thing is that um Mary Jane knows that she doesn't she's batting fighting with her in herself because she doesn't like she said that she doesn't like the danger, but she really does because she chases after it and she she likes to be with Peter Parker, even though she said that she doesn't because she feels like it's too dangerous for her. So she contradicts herself and she knows she's contradicting herself. So I'm hoping the character does accept that this is who she is and she shouldn't try to like fight herself out of it. So... Yeah, because I know Sp- Spider-Man and Mary Jane end up arguing with each other, and she doesn't realize that she actually does like being around him and pr- going into dangerous things and the life of a superhero, basically. She said she wants to walk away from it, but she's walking towards it. It was a pretty interesting book. I, I give it an 8.5. I actually enjoyed this one. Yeah. The art is also pretty good. The art is good in all these books that I've been talking about. They all have good art, so I've been enjoying them. Um, the next one is the Savage Sword of Conan number six, and this is the first this is the first um Conan issue from Marvel that I actually enjoyed, and I found it very surprising because. Ever since Marvel took the Conan license, the books has been terrible, and yeah, <laughs> the only one I the it's the first one I actually enjoyed because uh, the Savage Sword of Conan. They I've read that they're gonna have every five issues is gonna have a new writer and. This is the sixth issue, the start of a new writer, and I didn't like the previous writer, um, Jerry Duggan. I do like his writing in certain books, but I did not like how he wrote Conan. It was very boring. It just wasn't very interesting to me. But this one is written by um, Meredith Finch. And I was really surprised how well written this book was because um, I really don't like Meredith Finch's um, Wonder Woman. I thought that series was terrible. And she's a new writer, she just started and I think it's her second book writing and I actually enjoyed it. I was not expecting it for just to be good and it came out good. Okay. Yeah. And the the story we find out in the beginning that um Conan goes to this bar and He's drinking and talking with this guy, and he finds out the guy drugs him and kidnaps Conan and puts him in a in a gladiator tournament, and he has to fight for like a queen. has like some queen that has like a gladiator place and she has people fight for her. And the thing is, um, what's weird is that uh that the 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 queen actually wants to have sex with Conan, and Conan didn't want that. He was like not cool with it. It's an interesting perspective because we always see in the previous Conan books that was before this one. Um, we always I always saw Conan sleeping with women, and yeah. like he even raped some of them, which is like I wasn't really cool with that. Like it felt uncomfortable reading those. But anyway. <laughs> he yeah. He's always sleeping with them. So it's kind of weird that he. This writer actually did the opposite of that. Where she, he didn't really. Want to interact with her. And just kept fighting the. um He just ignored her. And just kept fighting the people that were. Attacking him in the gladiator field. So. He's trying to escape. The, the storyline didn't finish. So. We'll see if he eventually escapes from the queen's gladiator arena. So, cause she puts a whole bunch of people there attacking him. He says he has to try to survive. So yeah, I actually enjoyed this one. It was very well done. I did like the art. So Luke Ross actually has some pretty good art there. So I think I'll give it an 8.0. I actually enjoyed this one too. Okay. I wish. I wish mother mother um Meredith French was actually writing the main Conan series because Jason Aaron's writing that one and that one is terrible. I would have prefer her to write the, the the main one so she could stay as a writer. So I know that she's probably she's gonna be gone when she's done her five issues and gonna replace her with a new writer and it's just uh that'd be disappointing when they when her chapter is done.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's whatever. I'll pick it up for her story. on, on Probably Oni. And then I'll check out the next Friday. If I don't like it I'll drop it. <laughs> That's it. The next one is. War of the Realms. Spider-Man and the League of Realms number 3. And this is the final issue of this. Um, War of the Realms tie-in. So um, I actually enjoyed this one. But I enjoyed it less than the others. I gave it a 7.5. And this one... The, the reason why I gave it a 7.5... Because it doesn't even finish the chapter. You have to actually read War of the Realms 6... To get the complete chapter. And I feel like War of the... <laughs> I think War of the Realms 6 is not going to really finish it. It's just going to be like a rushed conclusion. Because the thing is... It's supposed to be a conclusion of like over so many tie-ins I know most of the tie-ins weren't finished it's like oh if you want to know what happens to these characters read this the last issue of this book and it's just ugh at least the age of X-Men I can understand how they would probably wrap it up because it's only like 5 books while War of the Realms is like fucking like 10 like like 10 tie-in books and it's like how are you going to conclude all of that in one issue I think that's like a little too much. Anyways, the story for this one, yeah, Spider-Man and the League of Realms. They're fighting the Dark Elves and Curse. And as they're fighting Curse and the Dark Elves, you find out Curse is actually he's she's actually um one of the the members of the League of Realms because the League of Realms had a like a an actual Dark Elf. Her name is um, was Zaria and she was actually part of the team. But then she decides to make a deal with Malekith, if, like if if she if he gives her protection of her own race, like if she becomes crew um, curse, he would give her protection of his of her own race, and they'll have a good life in Asgard, and they won't get killed or anything like that and so they she made like basically a deal with a devil kind of thing she ends up being the new curse and the thing is the curse has more control than she does she can't control herself herself and she's trying to fight it throughout the whole book and spider man notices that something is wrong with her and she that she's fighting in there and they and throughout the whole book. You see Spider-Man. And the fine, what's interesting is that, that. That Angel character. That he made a new leaf with. In the previous issues. Um, they. Um, she ends up. Helping Spider-Man. Get Wizardry and Out of the curse outfit. Like they end up breaking the curse. And releasing her. And she escapes. So yeah she's going to now. At the end of the book, she joins with the League of Realms fighting the remaining Dark Elves. And, uh, and just, it just continues the chapter in War of the Realms, which I haven't read yet. So I'll check it out. I gave it 7.5 4, 4, because it doesn't conclude the story. But I actually enjoyed it. I did like finding out about Rizzi, uh, why she did the deal, and and how much she cares about the dark, the, uh, the good Dark Elves. Not the bad ones. And it was pretty interesting to see this new Angel character. Like she had like a lot of character development. And I actually enjoyed that. And that was pretty interesting for her to go to that. So it was a pretty enjoyable book. I actually enjoyed it. Um, The next one is Star Wars number 67. Yeah the next one is Star Wars number 67. And apparently this is the last issue from Kieran Gillan. Yeah, this is the last... Because apparently they're going to give a, the Star Wars series a new writer. His name is, could be, is Greg Pack. And, um, which I'm kind of sad about. Because I actually like Kieran Gillan's run. And I'm kind of sad seeing him go. I don't know. I guess this run ends up not selling that well anymore. So it end up changing the writer. I enjoyed it. I guess not not everyone else did, but it's so whatever. Um, so I'm hoping Greg Pak will actually do good and, and keep the series going. But yeah, I I actually enjoyed this one. It's just that it didn't give a a, a very good conclusion. I wish it had something more like more impact because it felt like there wasn't that much action. It was more story driven. But to me, if it was a big finale, I kind of want both. <laughs> it was kind of lacking in the action part. I give this one a 7.5 as well. The story for this one, the thing is, uh, Leia, Han Solo, and, and Luke, they were trying to go after Trios, which is an, uh, a villain that worked for the Sith. They were trying to uh, take her planet down. But not they wanted to take her like they wanted to like only take down the Sith and they brought someone named Benedict he was working with Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca and he ends up just like he ends up destroying the planet and like we don't know if the planet is actually destroyed but he ends up messing up the machine that holds the world together because as a machine because the thing is the planet is volcanic like it's a whole bunch of volcanoes and it's about to i guess be destroyed and there's a machine that holds it together and tries to make it sustainable and, and probably live a little bit longer and it's a whole civilization of people there and benedict ends up destroying the machine and everyone gets pissed off at him because now they have to escape the planet and they have to go into safety and that's what they end up doing and you see the characters struggle with trying to get out of the planet because the thing is leia and han solo was separated from Luke Skywalker and Chewbacca, they had like two different missions, and they had to meet up with each other and escape, and that was a little bit difficult for them. They had to go through some hurdles and get out. So I enjoyed it, and I thought that, which I don't know, it was kind of weird that they had one character look like he was a sacrifice himself, because they have a they have a character in the book. He's a uh, um, shapeshifter. And, like he turns to a different... He turns to a bunch of different um... He turns to any alien or human. He could turn to anybody. He's basically like a mistake character. Or a scroll. <laughs> so yeah. He ends up sacrificing himself to save Leia so Leia could go escape. And the funny thing is that at the end you find out he didn't die. And... He is captured by the some weird people that looks like a Sif, like Sif lords. I'm not sure if they are from the Sif, but they don't look like good guys. And I'm wondering what's gonna happen with that character. I don't know. I'm hoping Greg Pak has something in store for that character. It was just kind of weird, is that they do this whole like you, they do this whole sacrificing thing, and then you find out the character doesn't even die. It's like, what was the point of doing that whole sacrifice if that sacrifice was all fake? <laughs> At least give them the big payoff. Like, if you're going to give him the sacrifice, actually do the sacrifice. Don't fake out out of it. But whatever. I actually enjoyed it. It was fun. So, the art was good. I actually enjoyed the art, too. <laughs> And the art is pretty much the same It didn't really change yeah. It was fun That's That was pretty much it For that book I think So it did give a, a Conclusion to the chapter That's That's I think that's at least That's a one Least good thing In the book That actually gives yeah. a actually gives a Conclusion So I just wish that there was Like an actual Fighting scene Like with Luke Skywalker Or With any of those Cause it was a commander in there from the from the Sith, and he doesn't even fight. He just um, ends up escaping because Palpatine gets mad at him for for letting Luke Skywalker lay Leia ruin the plans, and killing Trios. And I wish it was like a big fighting scene like between Luke and Benedict because because um, he wasn't supposed to destroy the machine. I would have liked the a, like a Lisa, uh like a lightsaber battle with them, with each other. Cause the thing is they he ends up destroying the machine. they argue and he ends up escaping and you find out he survives as well that Benedict gets out Cause the thing is we we end up because he think he said that I'm gonna stay here to destroy the planet and make sure it's destroyed. And he doesn't even make sure to destroy He ends up escaping at the end of the book. We don't know the world is going to destroy itself because what we see is the volcanoes eru- erupting and that was it. Like everyone's escaping. The planet is still there, but it's going hangwire. Yeah, so I don't know if it's still going to be there. <laughs> the next book I'm going to talk about is um, American Carnage, number eight. I actually enjoyed this book too. It's I gave this one an 8.0 as well. And it's um it's mainly in this story you find out Richard he's with the, he's working with this guy that has an Obama ma- um like a scary Obama mask.
1: Yeah, bro.
0: <laughs> oh, you, I'm not sure if you've seen it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah he he has a, like a scary Obama mask and he's like they're sent to kill. Like two white nationalist people, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: and they end up killing them, and it makes uh Richard be uncomfortable because he doesn't like that he has to be for- forced into working with his people because he- yeah. the thing is the uh, Jennifer is his lawyer, and she's um like defending him for accidentally killing a black cop, not black cop um a black um civilian because he's a cop and he ends up killing a black civilian by accident and media has gotten attention from him because they think he's a white man but he's also half he's actually half white and half black he's just looks white he's like his skin color is more white than black so he appears like a white person but he's actually mixed and he gets bad media attention because of that and the thing is, her fa- um, his lawyer's f- um father, he's running for president, and he sees some him running like his his um political race in the book. Yeah, so he ends up doing the, the killing for for them, like he's working for them, cause it's the only people that will protect his his reputation. The thing is that um. Richard has a friend named Sheila, which is like a, um, she's a black FBI agent. And the thing is, she wants to get Richard out of this situation. So she's trying to do investigations to get him out. And the thing is, at the end of the book, you find out that Jennifer and her father wants Richard to actually kill his own friend. And he's pretty uh, pissed off and doesn't know what to do with that situation, and it puts him in a, in a bind. And I'm hope I want to see what's gonna happen in the last in the next issue, because the next issue is the final issue of the series. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I actually enjoyed this one, and um, it's pretty interesting to see the character Richard going. For, being forced to do things that he doesn't want to do and he I'm hoping that he'll find a way not to kill his best friend that he works because he's he has a close relationship with this with this FBI agent. They're friends like longtime best friends and I think they weren't in the field to get um they were both cops before. I think that's what the probably case is, I'm not too sure. Yes, yeah, so I'm hoping he finds a way out of it and doesn't have to kill her. There's also interesting things that, uh, the thing is Jennifer ends up talking to her daughter and explaining who the type of person that her father is. Because the thing is that, um, her, the mother, not the mother, the father is a bad person. Like, he's a very, like, white nationalist person, he uses the N word a lot the er so yeah he ends up using the n-word and calls people that and yeah he wants to get rid of the blacks he's a very terrible person and the daughter knows that he's a terrible person and she asks her mom like why are you dealing with grandpa like grandpa is a bad person and she says grandpa is a bad person but that's our secret like we have to be we have to deal with the way he is and he's the only person that can help us um, I guess have sustainable life or, and I guess he's keeping them because the thing is, I know she's a lawyer, but maybe he, the reason why she's a lawyer because she has connections to him, so I guess without having without those connections, she'll be nowhere. so she has to force to be working with him. But I don't know. She has the same idea. She acts just like her father. She ain't any different. Because she also uses the N-word. and Just throws it willy-nilly. And she just was messed up. She asked Richard how it is to be black. And it just got Richard very uncomfortable. So I like this book. It really deals with a lot of racism. And it throws it in your face in there. And it's just... Very intriguing. I like it. It does it all in different backgrounds. and Talks about things that people are afraid or uncomfortable to talk about. And I like that this book actually does that. It's like the best political book that I've read for Vertical. That came out out of this whole Vertical. I mean, they was trying to do this whole political direction. And most of the books failed. While this one actually sold a little bit. Because it was originally supposed to be six issues. But they increased it to nine. Because it was selling well. So yeah. This is the only good one for me. So, and I think it was good for a lot of people. Because I'm surprised it lasts to nine issues. I wish it went longer. But oh well. <laughs> There's another one I am enjoying. But I'll read it. Talk about that in the next podcast. It's called High Level. That's another one, but it came out next the week after this one. Um, so I'll talk about that one later. So the next one I'm gonna talk about is the final one for now is um Pearl number ten in some by Michael Bendis. So yeah, this one is it was a good one. I gave it an 8.0. It was really enjoyable because you have Pearl. She goes to Japan. She's with her boyfriend. She she wants her father to be out of prison. And she doesn't want to deal with the Yakuza running after her anymore. Because the thing is, her mom was was involved with the Yakuza. And her father is supposed to be in prison because he was also in the Yakuza. Yeah. The thing is, her boyfriend works like... He's also part of yakuza, but he's like the opposite of her. Her yakuza, and they have beef with each other. And things. She loves this guy, and she has feelings for this guy, and she doesn't want this yakuza to be involved in her love life anymore. And she wants her father back. Yes. Yeah. So she goes to Japan to get rid of the organization that works for her, That works for her mother and her dad, and. It's just crazy because when she goes to meet up with her uncle, this part of the Yuzuka clan, he she ends up killing him. And <laughs> the thing is, he she wants to she wants her father to get out of jail, and he was like, "No, I won't do it," and she fucking kills him. <laughs> and everybody was not expecting that. She just and it, the book is very bloody in that scene. It's like you, you see her fight. She just. She ends up killing a whole bunch of people there and I was not expecting her to be that brutal.
1: Yeah.
0: Like she said she was really demanding that she wants her father out of jail. She ends up walking out of the place because she didn't really get what she wanted. She ends up talking to uh another Yuzuka clan that works for her father and the funny things that they I mean, she, um, the. It was, um, she, her name is Nico, and. Yeah, Pearl ends up talking to Nico, and Nico ends up telling her that her father is not in jail, that he's actually part of another y- Yakuza clan, and she ends up running to her father. Yeah, so, and the that's the end of the book. So I have to wait to read the next issue, so. So, yeah, I can't wait for the next issue. I'm really looking forward to it. It was fun exciting. I did like Pearl's interaction with her boyfriend. They had a nice conversation because they were, like, eating in restaurants. And before they go meet up with her uncle. And it's just crazy when she goes meet up with her uncle and see all that blood. The artist does a great job with this series. I really did enjoy it. Oh, I forgot there's another book I talk about. I skipped it. (sighs) Ugh. Whatever, yeah. The artist is Michael um, Gatos, so yeah, he did a pretty good job. He does some watercolor painting drawings. It was was a really good book. I enjoyed it, so I'm looking forward to the next issue. And I know there's only be two issues left because the the series ends on issue 12. So yeah, yeah, just 11 and 12 coming soon. See, I'm looking forward to how this concludes pretty soon. So the next one, next one is actually the last one because I realized I skipped one. Oh. <laughs> it's um, Star Wars: dot The Offer number 33. God. And this one I gave it a 7.5 because I thought it was okay. Because um, The Offer she ends up going to the re- she ends up bumping into the rebellion like. She ends up meeting with the rebellion, and she notices her ex-girlfriend is working for the rebellion, and there's like some drama there. Like, but the thing is, they don't really go into the drama. It's just like very vague drama. Like they have little bit of arguments, and then they go to separate ways, and then they go to little arguments again. And It's just kept doing that, and it's got me. A, it's getting a little annoyed. It's like if you're just gonna have drama don't do bits and pieces as just do the drama and <laughs> let it let it have its way out the thing is they the rebellion once thought the afra to use this um lightsaber crystal to make they want it as like the core of a depth the thing is, this rebellion the rebellion wants to make a a Death Star like planet thing for 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 themselves and apparently I guess they use and data um technology skills or to build the, the the Death Star thing and that's what you find on this book. So yeah, she's um, having convocations with her ex girlfriend there and what's also interesting is that you find out about. Like some there's like some past interactions with dot the and her mother because her mother taught her that there is no good and bad it's just things that people do and people are just doing things to get get out of a certain situation so there is no good guys or bad guys and I now I can understand why dot the has no good or bad in her she's just a person who just tries to get at, get out of any situation. Sometimes she cares about people and there are certain people that she don't care about. She's always running that thin line that, that that can cross at any moment so you get to learn about her a lot more and why she behaves a certain way. So that's pretty interesting. It's just the art was okay, it kind of fell off at certain points. I, it's less. It was very less detailed than the other issues. I don't know why, but it was okay. Art. I give it a seven point five. I don't know what's gonna happen in the next book. Yeah, that's she's she's gonna build a Death Star thing for her, for rebellion. She 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 feels Datafra ends friends up feeling uncomfortable about building the Death Star, and she like wants to walk away. So she ends up walking away. the end of the book but not so sure she's gonna completely walk away they probably gonna find a way to convince her to come back and just build this thing I that's about it I gave it a 7.5 because it was just okay okay so yeah that's pretty much it yeah what about you um is there Um, anything
1: I didn't do a whole lot of reading but I did read uh, volume one of uh Superman in the the new Superman the rebirth.
0: oh the rebirth.
1: Yeah, so it's it's all about like. Uh, Superman and his
0: son. Oh, okay, I did read that one too. Yeah, it's it's, right.
1: uh,
0: it's pretty good. Um, it's sort of they
1: they fight. Um, what's his name? It's like an evil version of Superman that's absorbed all of the Kryptonian souls, from when the planet blew up
0: okay oh i think his name is um i forgot his name he's like a mummy kind of like he had like bandages wrapping around him
1: no
0: no he's like he's like a robot superman thing oh cyborg superman yeah then i know there's another kryptonian that had like bandages but it's a cyborg superman that you saw about
1: yeah it's like a weird yeah a bit weird, but um, mm. in the book's mainly about uh, Superman's son um, starting to learn how to use powers, trusting his dad, and that. And it is in a weird universe, like it's not the original Superman.
0: It is the original Superman, I think. Oh, it's it's like, because <laughs> it's a pre um, it's a pre 52 Superman. Yeah. Because the, the new su- the new 52 Superman got killed.
1: Yeah, he dies at the start of this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So they, yeah, so they bring back the original one. Right? Yes, that <laughs> was like wait a minute, yeah they do bring back the original one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah yeah. Um but yeah
1: it's pretty
0: good the art's really good. Yeah. The art looks does look good in that book. Yeah. yeah. Is a I think it's Patrick Leeson I think yeah. Uh, it
1: was yeah.
0: Yeah. I do like his art a lot it's great. Peter J
1: Tomasi. Yeah. He's like,
0: here, Tomas, is a writer. Yeah, yeah, I actually enjoy them working together. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, um, the Superman books actually, actually pretty good. Uh, Superman and his son are a It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's fun to see um Superman react um interact with his son and teach him how to use his powers.
1: Yeah,
0: is this because so, I remember there's a storyline with um that I'm not sure it happened in Action Comics or in Superman that. John can actually accidentally kills his own cat. Uh, yeah,
1: that's it. that's in.
0: Yeah. 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 That's that was so dark. Oh my god, I felt like, cause I was yeah. like, oh my god, he did it by accident. <laughs> it's like how you kill your own cat by accident by just learning how to use your powers, and it's like I felt so bad for him because he was actually crying and like yeah, depressed. Duh. He spends yes. a, lot, a uh-huh. lot of time going,
1: actually.
0: Yeah. I was not expecting and
1: that. And they're, and they're, like, making him save the world.
0: <laughs> it's full on. Yeah, I was not expecting the book to be that dark.
1: No. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: it's full on. And Superman, like, gets absorbed into
0: um, whatever his name is at one point. And so it's... it's. Oh, yeah, he actually gets absorbed yeah, into... Yeah. The new 52 Superman, like, he becomes one person, like... Yeah. Yeah, because I think he fights um Mixiplex, whatever that... Yeah. ...thing is, that... The guy who has the reality powers. Yeah. That storyline was okay. I didn't like it too much because it felt, like, confusing for me. How they try to put the two constant movies together, and it just felt like plot holes for me when I read it. Yeah. I kind of wish they kept, I wish they kind of kept the char- two characters separate and not try to mesh them together. Because it yeah. just left, it just leaves a hole. It opens the gates for more plot holes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, it's
1: good. And, and they go to like the moon and Batman's got a bat cave up there.
0: Oh yeah, I did see that. That was pretty cool. And Lois Lane was in that issue, I remember.
1: Yeah, she she jumps in a big bat
0: yeah the bat suit I thought that was awesome yeah. <laughs> I did like that the lowest thing was fighting in that mech suit it's
1: re- yeah it's really cool yeah and it's and then at the end Superman gets absorbed by the eradicator and so uh uh John has to get him back out by himself yeah it's pretty heavy but it's it's pretty good it's um I'm interested to see where it goes from there so I'll, I'll grab the next one I
0: think yeah I think you'll enjoy it yeah good stuff uh, yeah, just I just wish they were still writing Superman because Bendis, he's great. He does a good job writing Superman, but I just don't like the idea of him aging uh, Jonathan Kent. Yeah. I still want Jonathan Kent to be a kid, and I kind of miss that. Yeah. The thing is, now that he's not a kid anymore, he doesn't have the relationship. The friendship of uh, with Damien anymore is like non existent, and I always liked their friendship. Their friendship is pretty cool, it's one of the best aspects of the, of the two characters.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't know if you've read any books that they interact with each other,
1: uh, not a whole lot yet. But, uh...
0: Yeah, you should check them out. Yes, yeah. is there anything else?
1: No, that was all I got to read this week. Okay. Um, but I did see the new Spider-Man as well.
0: Ah. But
1: I'm, I'm guessing <laughs> we can talk about that a little bit more next week.
0: You talk about that next week because uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to see it on Tuesday. Yeah, okay.
1: Because
0: um, the movie theater is cheaper on Tuesdays where I live.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, fair, fair enough. <laughs>
0: so I'm gonna take advantage of that and um lock it. <laughs> I got spoiled at work Oh, really? with Spider-Man yeah cause oh. uh, one of the guys say that oh if I mean did you see the Spider-Man movie I said no and he goes spoils it I'm like god damn it don't oh. do that
1: <laughs> that's
0: dope <laughs> so I know what happens at the uh, at the end at the credit scene, I was like, Oh God! Yeah,
1: it's uh.
0: Yeah, it's J. Jonah James. Oh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that, that is probably the best part of the movie.
0: Oh God damn it! So he was telling the truth with that one. Oh well. I'll just deal with it. I hate when workers spoil things. That, <laughs> I don't really
1: know. Oh, man. I'd be interested to see your thoughts on that because I'm I'm pretty mixed on it
0: yeah so i guess i'm excited to talk about it with you next episode
1: oh, i guess that's it
0: yeah that's pretty much it so oh, we did it yeah so hope everyone enjoyed this episode and i look forward to the next one so I like it. have a good day <laughs> that's pretty much it god bless everyone yeah see you later, <laughs> see you later.